Hey guys, welcome to the Health Addict Show. Before we get started though, I wanna cover a couple things. This show is for entertainment purposes only, meaning I am not your doctor. So if you have questions or concerns about your own health, please ask a physician, okay? Get the right information for you. Otherwise, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Guys, welcome to the show. You know what? It's been a while, but you know it feels really good to get back. Healthcare is just a mess right now, and if you work in healthcare, you know exactly what I'm talking about. We're short-staffed. It's long hours. A lot of us are picking up just to kind of make ends meet at the hospital because there's just nobody in healthcare right now that wants to be physically at the building. I'm not saying people don't want to work. But the amount of demand that we have right now is undermet by the employees that we have working in the building. But enough of the dark side. Let's talk about some cool stuff that's happening in healthcare. Um, one, we've had a lot of emergency medical teams actually coming to hospitals, which is super cool because not only does it show that we can come together and work as a team, especially with other people that are from different facilities and different mindsets, but we can cohesively work together and achieve a common goal. Right now, there's more like six states that have really got the most people coming to help them. It's New York, New Jersey, Ohio, um, Michigan. I know New Mexico's have a lot of people coming in as well. But these emergency teams are great in helping around in those areas where they just don't have the coverage that they need to be taking care of these patients. One of the biggest things here, though, is 2,300 National Guard members are coming to help. Now, there's about... 200, 500, I can't remember the exact number they said, that are actually medical specialists in their area that are helping out. But there's a lot of other stuff in the background that a lot of people need help with. Because there's a lot of other things that need to be done in a hospital. I'm talking clerical work. There's a lot of billing and coding that needs to be done. And one of the biggest strains on healthcare right now is actually COVID testing. Because this isn't just about testing the public. I mean, yeah, there's a massive amount of people that need testing. We're talking about three times more than last year. We're in the 700,000 figures right now per day of COVID cases. But the strain on healthcare workers as well. I know in my own hospital, the amount of people that are testing positive for COVID and then needing to report it to our health service within the hospital system for employees is overwhelming the system. There just isn't enough people to help with testing to get employees on track to do their isolation periods and reporting for the whole infection period itself. So you might see in the news, medical teams welcoming these groups and they're like, why would they even wanna welcome these groups? But don't tell me, they are so short-staffed, they'll take anybody in these hospitals to help with all this stuff going on. I know there's a huge nursing, doctor, respiratory, pharmacy shortage. It's just coming to an end, hopefully at some point, because it is just such a demand on the healthcare system. Now, talking about other strains in healthcare, organ donation is another huge area that needs help. But at a University of Maryland Medicine, there was a huge breakthrough. A person, Mr. Bennett, was able to receive a heart transplant from a pig donor. Yes, folks, I did not mess it up. That actually came from a pig. The donor was a pig. This is huge for organ donation. Because last animal trial with organ donation like this, it didn't really work. It lasted a total of six days. Now, this gentleman has been off the ventilator. He's talking. He's had this heart for several days with no signs of rejection at this point. 
Yeah, because this is a huge problem with organ donation. You have to be on autoimmune meds that tell your body not to eject and attack this organ because it's a foreign organ. It doesn't have exactly the same structure that it's normal to see as far as DNA. And there's other proteins that the body just sees as a compromising system to itself. So you have to be very careful with organ donation. And with how slim organ donation is, you have to be very careful who you give an organ to. You don't want to give it to somebody that's just going to not take care of themselves afterwards either because people are fighting for their lives waiting on organs. And this is a huge breakthrough. Now, Mr. Bennett himself, he didn't sound like he was a very good candidate to start with, so he probably wasn't going to get a regular heart because he missed a lot of appointments. He didn't really take good care of himself to begin with, so he was kind of the perfect candidate to start with the pig organ. And this isn't the first time that we've used animal parts for donations. We've used a lot of valves um, to replace for valve surgeries, but this is really big taking a whole organ. Now, the organ has been genetically modified to help with certain processes that negate the immune response, such as the sugars that the body gives off during metabolism. So this has been genetically modified in such a way, but overall, it's a huge breakthrough. So Mr. Bennett, heal up nicely and show us the way so we can continue to work on this organ donation using other methods than human organs. Another shortage in the medical field today is blood. We desperately need blood. So the Red Cross announced a national shortage and a blood crisis right now because there's such a shortage right now. We need so much blood in hospitals. We use it for surgeries. We use it for traumas. We use it for general people that are just low on blood. I mean, it's a very useful and needed necessity in the hospital. Fluids last only so long when we give them to people. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of other byproducts in blood that help us, especially red blood cells. You gotta carry oxygen and you gotta carry carbon dioxide out of the body. So blood is so necessary to keeping people alive. So if you have some free time and you'd like to donate blood, I highly suggest that you will save lives today. It's the simplest thing anyone could do. Now, something super interesting out of Ontario, Canada, there was a study performed to see how there was adverse reactions versus a male surgeon performing on a female patient and a female surgeon performing on a female patient. And this wasn't some small study. There was over 1.3 million people looked into this study with over three, almost 3,000 surgeons looked at. And that's an important amount of data for a cohort study. You really get a good data set with this amount of people. Now, here's where the data really comes in. When a male performed the surgery for a female patient, there was a 15% greater chance of a poor outcome and over 30% increase in death for that female patient. And that's a huge discordance. We're talking about a greater than 15% outcome of poor chances when a male surgeon treats a female patient. Now, why is that such a discrepancy? It doesn't really reveal so much into the study why they believe that. Um, if you really want to look at the study, you can go to the Journal of American Medical Association to look at it. It's a very relatively new study, but it definitely shows that maybe there should be more practice for males on female patients to help with this discrepancy. All right, everyone, let's finish this off with talking about pupil size. I feel like it's a good subject to talk about because people have a really good understanding of what pupil relatively is, but to get a better understanding of it and to recognize it can better help you treat patients, which is very important when coming into a room and really understanding what's going on with your patient. Now for a refresher, your pupil is the hole in your eye that allows light to come in. It's adjusted by your iris, and this allows us to see the world around us, which is super important. Now, pupil size can change for a variety of reasons. It could be light, it could be medication, it can be just your emotions changing its size. But there are health-related issues that you should be aware of. 
And the first one is Anascoria. Well, Anascoria really isn't life-threatening, and typically 20% of people have a type of Anascoria, but it's definitely something to monitor and watch and maybe just get a double checking to see if there's anything going on, because it could eventually lead to other health problems, but typically people can have Anascoria and it's not even a health problem. So that's one issue for unequal pupils. Now there's the other two is Andy's Tonic Pupil and Argyle's Robinson's. Um, they're both type of where your pupil will not contract. They're not really responsive to light. Um, Argyle Robinson's more of a nerve damage. It's more common with like syphilis and diabetes or antitonic. Um, it's just a very rare syndrome where you just your pupil isn't responding to changes. These are both pretty rare, but I feel like it's good just to touch on them because not everything is a stroke, which is the next big one. One of the biggest signs of a stroke is uneven pupils, and this is due to the nerve damage or just lack of blood flow that's happening to one side of your face. And this is huge. This is a big telltale sign along with uh, slurred speech and drooping in the face. These are big signs you have to watch for, so it's good to know your understand your pupil size. So some kind of the other symptoms that a patient could be exhibiting is the big one is headache. So if a patient's having a headache, it's probably a good idea just to take a look and make sure that their pupils are the same size. They could also have some double vision, they could have some sensitivity to light, they could have some eyelid drooping. But just make sure you're aware that pupil size is a big indicator of how the brain is working. So if there's uneven pupils and there's no symmetry with them, it's a good time to get something looked at. And all right, everyone, that is our show for today. I appreciate everyone for listening. If you want to get more content, go ahead and hit up iTunes and Spotify for the other episodes that are out there. You can also follow the pages if you want to get some more health tips and other related topics coming out. I intend to keep shows coming out weekly. So stay healthy, everyone. Stay safe. Make sure you're practicing social distancing until we get this Omicron figured out. And I will see you all next time.